0: and responsible gaming resources. Think of all the roads, think of all their crossings, taking steps is easy, standing still is
1: hard, think, think, think of all Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast with your man, Zim Huday. Please check me and my co-host out on Instagram at New Stripe City And also I'm on Instagram At Zim underscore Hooday. Also you can check out my man Ace Boogie and New Stripe City on YouTube Where he's got a booming Show that he Pretty much posts all the time That keeps you updated with everything Bangles, anything orange and black But this is the Orange is the New Black Podcast Oh more importantly Please make sure you tell all your friends Check us out on any streaming platform um, We're currently in partnership with SB Nation and Cincy Jungle. So please make sure you check us out on any podcast, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify. Just search Cincy Jungle and we'll pop up. Um, there are a bunch of other uh, great podcasts on there with my man Anthony Cazenza, um also John Sheeran. Um, check out all of that stuff on there that we got some really, really good material. But um we're here to recap the Bengals uh, loss to the Cardinals. Don't really want to talk about the game too much, but I will say um, I have some highlights on the different on the game itself. But more importantly, like I was telling Ace last week on the show, it's really hard for me to focus on week to week bases and games when you know ultimately something has to change. But some of the things I wanted to highlight is the fact that Kyler Murray, number one pick in the uh, draft, to me, was the difference in the game. He had a total of 93 yards uh, rushing. Collectively, the Cardinals had 260 yards passing. Um, A lot of people would contribute that or attribute that, I'm sorry, to uh, the Bengals' defense. Me, I'm the guy that made up the famous quote, your offense is your defense. I blame that on a lot of different uh, things that happened in the first half of the game. Some things in the second half weren't really a well-oiled machine either. But in the first half, you had a missed touchdown um, catch uh, uh, by Auden Tate. You also had another drop by Tyler Eifert that I thought were very, very key. So give it up to Andy Dalton for trying to hit those guys in those key moments. And ultimately, I think where maybe the difference in the game um, because in the second half of the game, the Cardinals are – let's just, just put this out there. The Cardinals are terrible. The Bengals, the Bengals might be just as terrible, but I feel as though the Cardinals, with a two-score a, a two, a two score lead, pretty much played in the Bengals' hand. They started going to passing and left it out there for the opportunity for the Bengals to even win the game um, or even come back into the game, which I thought was crazy. Um, so, on my end, I'm thinking – why? why? Why Why would you pass in some of those situations? But either way, the difference in the has to me were the Bengals absolutely started getting first down, started having a legit offensive rhythm, right? In the first half, when you're not doing that, you're putting your defense out on the field. So then, when you walk away looking at the game, you're looking at, oh my God, the defense didn't do this, and they're giving up all these yards and different things like that. The defense held the Cardinals to 13 points in the first half. That is the ongoing theme. If you do that, and your Kansas City Chiefs, the the L.A. Rams, um, uh, the Patriots, anything like that, you keep this, you keep your opposition to 13 points in a half, you're going to win that game eight times out of ten. Maybe nine times out of ten, just depending on who you're playing. You know what I mean? So, I always feel like the defense is decent enough, but it's so bad and it's it's such a tragedy that a lot of this stuff is going to have to get blown up with this team because... The office isn't able to score, and that's been the ongoing thing for about the last four years. I was in a in a in a DM with a guy. That, um, I think it was yesterday. He said, "Don't forget, Patrick Mahomes was on the table, and we picked John Ross." Let's rewind. At that time period, people like myself were were hoping that Andy Dalton was moved, right? It didn't happen the way that we wanted to happen because I understood at that time that Andy Dalton's true value would be at that point, that period in time. Now fast forward to 2019, Andy Dalton has no value at all to any NFL team. The only team that I could even think that would even possibly entertain the thought of an Andy Dalton will maybe be like the Colts. And even that, I I think there there's if if Brissett plays pretty well this year, You know, I think they're okay, but some people told me the Bears, I'm not thinking that because I'm thinking they'll they'll take their time to look at Mitchell Trubisky another year um, going into next year. The other uh, team that I could think of, well, people told me the Dolphins. I'm like, why would the Dolphins want them when they're pretty much about to get the number one pick? So, or Or the number two pick, if we can help it, right? So you ruin all value for Andy Dalton. And at the time of the draft when Mahomes is coming out, it's so unfair in hindsight to say, oh, man, we should have drafted Mahomes. At the time, your only thing that you were looking at is between the 20 and the 20-yard line, A.J. Green is getting doubled up. We needed somebody with speed, so we go and get John Ross, the ultimate speed equalizer that meet, that keeps every safety honest, right? Along with that, you drafted an offensive lineman along the way. Your plan didn't work out. You didn't have the speed to give you the separation that you wanted because uh, John Ross's rookie year, he was hurt. Second year, the coaches, you know, did what they did. I mean, yeah, the coaches ruined his confidence, all that type of stuff like that. So the plan didn't work. When Ross is out there, I think the plan does work. It's a shame that we didn't get the chance to see Ross and AJ in the season early. I think later on in the season is my biggest fear is that A.J. Green will come back, Ross will be healthy. Like, say this is like at the very end of the season. Say we win three games or four games or something like that, right? I don't even know where those three or four games are going to come from after losing to the pretty much what I think is maybe the worst team in football with the Cardinals. If they're not the worst, they're they're really close. They're like the third or fourth. Because I think the Redskins would beat them. I think the Dolphins in a, in a, in a very close game would beat them. The only team – you know what I'm saying? that The difference in that game is Kyler Murray. And, and anybody that sees it any different is crazy to me. Okay, but I say that to say, at this time, Dalton was efficient enough to make it happen. You had the weapons around him. Ross was the correct pick. It's so unfair to say Mahomes because at that time, you weren't even thinking Mahomes. I, if I'm not mistaken, you're probably going into that – was that when we are going right into um, – Uh, the the releasing of AJ McCarron or figuring out McCarron you know all that type of stuff so at the time it wasn't a quarterback decision and it's very unfair for people to look back and say that it's just you made a conscious decision which I think to this day was the right decision because Ross will still be at the very worst Will Fuller and Will Fuller with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's going to give you a bunch of fantasy points every other week, right? Or at his worst, he'll be Martavius Bryant. To me, that's Ross. I think another team will get him, and if they can get him healthy. Like, say he plays for, like, the Saints or something like that. Oh, my God. Like, at this point, I'm I'm just, like, married to the idea, like, I'm okay with Ross going somewhere else and just being healthy. Because here, I just don't know. You know, if he has a good year coming back, like, at the very end of the season or next year, then, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But – Colin Murray was the difference in this game. And at the time I wrote an article and I said, you know, every other year you should always be looking at quarterback. Even if you feel like you have a quarterback in place, the people that are scared to draft a quarterback are the people that are just thinking like, well, you know, 2015, well, 2015 is past us. So now it's like, you got to look at these guys around the league, Garnham issue, all these different dudes like that. Surprisingly enough, Andy Dalton, best trade value now that you ruin all of his trade value and no team in the NFL would even want him, is now after the draft because you would be banking on from week one to week eight of next year a team, uh hypothetical, like say we get a top three pick and we get a quarterback. Now you have a mentor in Dalton that somebody that can start off the season, you take out Dalton, whatever. Either way, it doesn't matter. But from week one to week eight until you get to that trade day line of next next year, you have the potential of a team, uh, let's say, in the mix like the Cowboys. I, I, I don't wish any health concerns on any team. But say one of those teams, a quarterback gets hurt, uh, somebody that feels like they're a championship contender. That could even happen right now this season. But I think the Bengals are so undecided and their front office is so, like, late to everything, I don't even think they will put that in play because – i don't know but the the smart thing to do for me is say a, a quarterback goes down with a major injury or something happens with a contract and i mentioned the cowboys because say Dak doesn't get the contract so, you know like it's got to be some a unique circumstance where somebody's holding out or something like that and then they a team gives up a second or something like that for dalton right or even higher like a desperate team say the um you know, I can't even give you a really good example because it's hard for me to see a team investing into him right now because the only thing you will be looking at is him as a backup role for 80% of the teams. And that's crazy because the Bengals have just ruined all of his his marketability, his, his, uh, his assets that he would bring to a team. And so... That, that's just the point where I want to leave it at They, 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 they lost the value You got to draft the quarterback next year I think y'all know me from Instagram And that's my message all the time Period The Bengals didn't score a touchdown to the end until the end of that game What you saw throughout the week's Football games Is like these young quarterbacks Making an impact early on there Arizona gave them an opportunity to get in it But stupid play calling in the second half And the Cardinals are terrible um, Andy Dalton did finish out, and this is the fear that I have, is that the front office and Bengals fans and everything like that will start looking at stats and stuff. Andy Dalton ended with a 107 uh, rating, two touchdowns, 26 for 38, through for 262. He will be, stats-wise, like in the top 10, top 15 in the NFL probably this whole entire year. But it doesn't tell the full story because at the end of the day, what people always say is that, Oh, well, Dalton wasn't the reason why they lost. But the same people that say that need to follow that sentence up with Dalton didn't do anything to elevate us into victory because you went against uh, Kyler Murray, you went against Josh Allen, and you went against Russell Wilson. Those three games were quarterback-to-quarterback quarterback games. And all three of those games, he lost out. And this game, you could say it wasn't his fault, but early on in that game, what did he do to stretch out a play? What did he do to elevate the game? And so... Articles came out prior to the game about A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert. Some people are saying, hey, like, I don't want to show you any of these people. Some people, you got to f- figure out where you fall in line with. But the point is, is like, at this point now, the 0-5, the season is over. You got to wake up and smell the coffee. And you got the Ravens coming next week. Um, it, it's just it's just a mix of a lot of bad things going on. Actually, we're going to the Ravens thing. But it's, it's, a, it's a mix of a lot of bad things. Things that I just don't see going after the game. uh, Kirkpatrick was asked about uh, if AJ Green were traded or something like that. He was like, man, that'd be devastating. And it it would hurt the whole entire team. It's crazy because in games, me me, mentioning uh, Kirkpatrick, it's crazy because in that game, Kirkpatrick actually played a pretty good game. But throughout this whole thing, because people like to coddle or figure out different reasons why we lost and we didn't win, right? They never they they don't want to say that we didn't have an elevator at quarterback. It's always, well, the defense didn't do this, or certain people didn't do this, or get rid of this guy, or whatever, right? Mind you, Dalton was only sacked one time. He was pressured a little a little bit throughout the game, but I feel like the offensive line back uh, played really well and came back from what was a devastating performance on Monday Night Football, right? But the problem is you can't just blame one entity when it's convenient for your argument. Notice how I led and I said Dalton played pretty decent enough to win the game. but the ongoing theme is throughout every week, you need everybody to play really well and the front office doesn't have the que- doesn't have the keys to success. They don't have the money, they don't have the brain power to even do it. So why would you trust that they will put together some unicorn team? The only way to do this is to get a quarterback that can Aaron Rodgers the situation. And what I mean by Aaron Rodgers the situation is their front office doesn't do anything free agents-wise to do anything. Uh, this past year they what brought in Zanarius Smith or whatever, uh, the, one of the brothers or whatever, right? But they probably won't re-sign that guy. They operate with small windows, but they always have a huge window with Aaron Rodgers every single year. And they also have the beauty the beauty of the situation where Aaron Rodgers actually wants to stay in Green Bay year after year, right? Pretty soon, he might say, hey, if y'all don't give me the pieces that I need, I need out of here too. And the thing that really kills me is that you're watching these quarterbacks that are elite, make up for all of the flaws that we have. You think all of these teams, like they weren't unable to keep Clay Matthews and all these different things. Like like they don't have the pieces in place that you guys are clamoring for. I, I would argue that Jacksonville had a really good defense like a year or two ago. And this year, now they're back to average. And now quarterback players is, is fixed all of their flaws. Now they're competitive again. It doesn't have to be a full blow up the whole entire team. But teams like the Dolphins or whatever right now, they're going to turn this thing around really, really quick. The Browns turn their team around really, really quick. The, the flaws of the teams that you're watching around us, like Russell Wilson does not have a good defense. He single-handedly is winning these games. And a lot of people are, are, are always telling me, like, well, it's, it's really hard to get that quarterback. But it's really hard to find that elite Alex Mack center, which you found out with Billy Price. But yet you'll go back and want to go draft more offensive linemen first round. But you don't have that same thought process with the quarterback position, it's just mind-boggling. We're going to play a guy next week, Lamar Jackson, that you passed up on, and he would have been a legit threat already in place. We could have probably turned the season around because after that Monday night performance, you would have probably said, hey, put Lamar Jackson in, right? And at that point, that's the changing of the guards, and it, it, it's electrifying, it energizes him. And if you believe in Dalton, he'll still be around you know, for the, for the time being. And if Lamar suffers or Lamar isn't good in that in that particular example, then you come back with Dalton, you know, like and and he wins it again because he is who you said he was. Right. So why be afraid of drafting good quarterbacks year after year or every other year? The Patriots never shy away from getting quarterback play behind um, Tom Brady. uh, Brissett, um, Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby. (laughs) And uh, Jimmy G are perfect examples. And in order to be the elite team that you guys want to be, you need to make sure that you're following, like, the path of some of these other teams or whatever. Like, Mason Rudolph was not the guy, and I still don't believe he's the guy for the Steelers. And they didn't really have a good contingency plan in place for Antonio Brown except let's draft a guy in Deontay Johnson that reminds us of Antonio Brown. The, my point is that the elite players in this league – have a very very small window that they have to they have to be able to work in and if you don't have free agency money to back you up or to keep those guys there then you have to rely on the quarterback to to keep all of your all of your team intact and 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 you can switch around your core while everyone's laughing at the Dolphins for tanking they got 10 draft picks on the horizon like two or three of them first round picks. And then on top of that, they got 120 million in cap space. Now, a lot of people will say, well, Bengals aren't going to use that cap space correctly. The league mandates that they have to use a certain amount. So it will be able to, like, I don't trust them one bit, but a guy like a Jordan Hicks, who we just watched this past week or something, that's a target guy. A guy like Ty Naseki, like you can easily maneuver the $120 million in, in that in that example or whatever. So it. That's the part where I'm trying to make it easier for you. If you get an elite quarterback, now your salary for the quarterback position is a lot lower in a four-year window. And then with that, by you moving some of these pieces like Tyler Eifer or A.J. Green, then you're having draft capital to make the moves that you need to make to go get the number one pick and at the very least get the top three pick. And then from there, you got your new core. And the guys that you know that you already have on contract for a couple of years, like a Mixon, uh, a Hubbard, um, a Carl Lawson, all these guys in place, those will be your guys. That's the cornerstone. The guys like Dunlap and Atkins and stuff, it just doesn't work for this window. But I'm so afraid that A.J. Green comes back and then they say, oh, yeah, we win a couple games or something. And then they say, yeah, yeah, if A.J. Green's here, then we win. But that can't be it. It's got to be the quarterback. And so moving forward, you got to look at that moving forward, like, and just look at the teams that they're losing to and how they're losing. Once again, this is the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm flying solo. I don't really have much to talk about. If you all have questions, I swear I'll answer them. I, I'm really limited on what I want to talk about. I, I, I swear, like, the offensive line did enough. You know, in the first half in a field, like, some of the play calling is super questionable. I believe in Zach Taylor long term. I don't believe Zach Taylor's offense works for Tyler Eifert. That's one thing. So, if a, if, a guy, if a team is coming up and saying, yeah, we could use Eifert, then at this point, you got to move him. I'm not, I'm not stuck on, like, let's move everybody, but you got to free up some of that space and get ready for the future. At 0-5, your season is officially over. I'm sorry. At 0-4, I think the chances of making the playoffs were like 4% or maybe even lower than that. And, it's, and if you really care about this franchise or you care about this team, you'll buy into the fact that it's going to take some time. Baker Mayfield came in and energized this whole thing. They did all of those moves and got all that draft capital. And now you see, like, Denzel Ward on one side. Then you got Greedy on the other. Like, you got all these picks and all these first-round draft picks ready. And even if they fail or they win or whatever, they can build off of that because all their players are in this young pool that are ready to go and ready to, you know, win for the future. And that's how you set it up it doesn't have to be a full blow up you don't have to go full dolphins on it and even if you did go full dolphins on it think about this like the dolphins have rosen like that's a guy you could probably win eight nine games with just by him being efficient and so it's like man it's just crazy to think that not only do they have rosen they'll have 120 million and probably the number one or the number two pick depending on us the broncos I don't see the Redskins being that terrible as this game as the year uh, unfolds or whatever. But please send your questions in. Like I said, I'm flying solo today for my man Ace. Um, say a prayer for my guy because uh, he told me he was going through a little bit. But we're going to hold it down for him. It's they Make sure you sh- uh, follow us on New Stripe City on YouTube. Make sure you follow me at ZimHoudé on Twitter and Zim underscore Hude on Instagram. Also, please make sure you go to the Google Play, Spotify, um, uh, any any streaming podcast, and just search Cincy Jungle. I'm going to keep it light today. It's not too much I really wanted to talk about. Yes, the, the Bengals are not a good team. They lost to the Cardinals. Let's go on to the next one. I'm not mad at them losing. A.J. Green will not be playing next week at the Ravens. Um, we will have Darquiz Denard back, I believe. Alex Redmond is now off of his suspension, so he's eligible to return, too, but I think he'll be inactive this upcoming week. Please hit us up if you got any questions. Hooday.